I actually might need to use that stool myself. <laughs> All right. Amen. That was good. We need to trust in God uh, for everything. We need to trust Him in His plans and His promises, His provision, uh, His purposes for our life. Um, those are those are good points, and those are something that everyone can everyone can use and apply to life. Is always trusting in God, uh, because, like He said, sometimes we trust in money or we trust in, in people, we trust in other things, uh, but we need to make sure our trust is in God. So thank you, Andrew. That was really good. Um, all right. Tonight, go ahead and grab your Bible. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. It won't be too long tonight, but we're going to look at having joy in judgment. Having joy in judgment. And um, for sake of time, I won't review last, uh, last week, but just as a reminder, last week, uh, we noticed that God dwells in us. And what an encouragement to know that if we've been saved, we have God dwelling in us. And we can know that. We can be confident that our God dwells within us and he has a relationship with us and we can have a relationship with him. And so last week looked at the fact that God dwells in us. Tonight, I want us to see that we can have uh, joy in the day of judgment. Um, and that's something we don't really think about. But we know the Bible says every person will stand before God in judgment uh, at, the, at the end of their life. Those who have been lost, they will stand before the great white throne judgment and give an account of their sin. For those of us who are saved, we are no longer condemned. We won't give an account of our sin because it's been forgiven. It's been cast as far as the east is from the west. But we will have to give an account of what we did with our new life of what we did with our time, what we did with the gifts that God has given us. And uh, the Bible says our, uh, what we have done, our works, they will be tried by God's fire and those things that are wood, hay, and stubble. The things that we did with our life that didn't matter in eternity, they will burn up. And the only things that will be left are what we did for Christ and what we did for uh, eternity. And so we can have joy, we can have confidence in that day though. We don't have to, um, we don't have to be in fear, worrying and, uh, about that day, but if we have been saved, we can look forward to that day when we stand before our God. We can look forward to that day when we stand before his throne and give an account of what we did with our life. And I want us to see tonight um, how we can have joy in judgment, joy in judgment. Um, and so let's go and look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. Uh, let's go ahead and read it. The Bible says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. Uh, he, hath, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, I thank you for this night that you've given us, Lord, and I thank you for um, just the, the young men, Lord, that have uh, served uh, this evening, giving the announcements, reading the missionary letter, and preaching. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, help us to um, be grateful for that, and, and Lord, especially the message, help us, Lord, in our life to make sure that we always trust in you. Uh, the devil would love for us to trust in everything else but you, God, but um, we need to trust in you for our life, for our provision, for your plan for our life, Lord, for your promises, uh, and we can have 
faith that you will take, uh, that you'll take care of us, Lord. And so I pray that you help us to remember that message, apply it to our life. Lord, I ask that you'd help us now as we consider this idea of having joy in judgment. Lord, as we consider that time when we stand before Christ, it's not something we have to dread or fear, but it's something that we can have joy and confidence in knowing that that time is coming. And so I pray that you'd help us to consider that this evening, help us to put aside distractions, and I pray that you would bless the message now. Help me, Lord, to be emptied of self and filled with your spirit. And Lord, I ask that you would do what only you can do this evening, and that's to speak to our hearts. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and so the first thing that I want us to see is that we can have confidence from Christ. In verse 17, he says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Uh, so John is writing to the church here, and he tells the church that they can have boldness, that they can have confidence in the day of judgment. And the day of judgment here is referring to uh, the judgment of God at the end of the world. As we've said, for those who are lost, they will give an account of their sin. But for those of us who are saved, we will give an account of what we did for Christ, uh, of how we used our time, of how we used our talents, how we used the treasure that God has given us, uh, how we used our spiritual gift. And we will have to answer for how, we, how do we use our time. Uh, and our rewards that we receive will be reflected by that. If we wasted our time, if we did nothing for Christ, we will lack rewards. But if we spend our life serving Christ and living for Him, we will have rewards in heaven for that. Uh, and that is, uh, that is a part of the judgment that we have coming to us as believers. Uh, but, uh, and, and those are some things we'll have to answer for. Um, but we can have confidence from Christ. We can have confidence from Him. What kind of rewards will we have is the question. Will our life's work be consumed by God's fire and we have nothing to show for, uh, for it? Or will we, re will we reap God's eternal blessings uh, for, for serving Him? So John encourages us here and he lets us know that we can have boldness, that we can have confidence in the day of judgment. And this is not some kind of vain uh, or proud confidence. This is not a confidence where we walk around and we say, look at everything I've done for Christ. Look at uh, all of the things that I've accomplished. No, this is a confidence where we can, we can stand before God and we can know that we've done everything that we could to serve Him. That, that we know that we've served our Lord faithfully. And we've done our best. And we are confident in, in Christ uh, and His graciousness to us in giving us those, those rewards for service to Him. We can have that confidence. Uh, but how do we have this boldness? John tells us here in this verse. Look back at verse 7. Um, he, he writes in the, in the second half, he says, uh, or sorry, uh, yes, as in the second half, because as He is, so are we in this world. We, we have this confidence when we are as He is, when we are as Christ, when we live to reflect Christ in this world. That's how we have boldness. When we've lived our life becoming more like Christ, when we've lived our life serving Him. And so we need to ask ourselves, are we living our life as a reflection of Jesus Christ? Are we living our lives as a reflection of God's children? Or, or are we living <clears throat> to reflect this world and, and the sins in this world? What is it that we show to those around us? Uh, and the way that we know that we are reflecting Christ is to know Christ. And the way that we know Christ is to know His Word. And so if we're not in the Word of God, we don't know 
Christ as well as we should. We don't know how we ought to live, and we don't reflect Him. And so we need to be in the Word of God. We need to be in prayer if we want to be like Christ. And there's a reason that the devil wants to keep us from spending time in the Word of God. Because the more time that we stay away from the Word of God, the more time that we put it on the shelf, the less we look like Christ, because the less we know about Him, and the less we know about our Savior. And so we need to be in the Word of God. The more that we are away from the book, away from the Bible, the more we begin to reflect that old nature, that old sin nature that keeps rearing its ugly head. And so, uh, as believers, we can have confidence in Christ if we are a reflection of Christ, if we are in His Word, if we are walking with Him, if we are spending time with Him in prayer. You know, the devil, he wants... Believe, he knows that he cannot take a believer away from God. He knows that once a believer is saved, they're always saved, and they do not lose that salvation. But the devil, he, uh, that doesn't mean he leaves us alone. He wants to keep us from having joy in Christ. He wants to keep us useless for Christ. He wants to keep us from experiencing God's blessings and His eternal blessings in heaven. And so He offers us distractions. He offers us things that keep us from becoming more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so if we want to have boldness, if we want to have confidence, we need to start living like Christ. Um, number two this evening, we see that we can have peace from Christ. In verse 18, if you could look there, he writes, There is no fear in love... But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. John writes here that we can have perfect love. But how is it that as imperfect people we can have perfect love? What does John mean here by perfect love? Uh, perfect love here has the idea of our love, uh, and it's, it's referencing our love for the brethren. Um, it, it, means to, that love is brought to completion. It's brought to an end. But that doesn't mean we stop loving. It's, it's not an end in the sense that we no longer have it. It's, uh, it means our love is brought to the end in the sense that our love has matured. Our, our love has reached the ultimate expression of God's love in our life. And the ultimate expression of God's love in our life is that we love the brethren. That we love one another, especially when it's difficult to love one another. Especially when we don't want to love one another. But when we do, we show that we have God's love in our life. That's the ultimate expression of, of God's love to us, is that we show it to others. Uh, that's perfect love. And we need, we need to have that love for one another. We need to love the brethren. Those who are lost, those who are unsaved, they do not have this ability to love the brethren as Christ has, has loved. It's not until we are saved that we can love as Christ has loved us because we have experienced His love. And so he says here we need to have this, this perfect love. Uh, and he says this perfect love, it, it casts out fear. To cast out fear, the, the phrase here to cast out, it literally means to, um, to throw to throw away, to let go of something, to cast it out of doors without a concern of where it's going. It means to, to toss something without, without caring about where it's going to land. It means getting rid of it and not even looking where it goes. Uh, the other day I was driving my school bus and I pulled up to the school waiting for the kids to load on. And there was a wasp in the back flying around. And I didn't see it at first, but of course some of the kids got on. They started screaming, and they wanted to get off the bus until the wasp got out of the bus. And so I had to, get, I had to go back to the back of the bus and 
bees and wasps and hornets, that's my greatest fear. And <laughs> so I was not too happy to do this. But I had to go back there and I had to get the wasp out of the butts. I had to cast it out. I had to get rid of it. And so I, I went to the back. I opened the door and swatted it out. And I didn't care where it went. I just wanted it off the butts. I wanted it gone, away from us. Uh, and so I cast it out. I, and that's what we need to do. That's what perfect love does to fear in our life. It, it gets rid of it. it. It gets out of our life and we don't look back at it. We don't turn back to, to, we don't look to see where it landed so we can go back to it later. But we get rid of it. And that's what a love for the brethren does. It casts out fear. But uh, John is not talking about a fear of bees. He's not saying, if I love my brother in Christ, I'm not going to fear bees anymore. Or I'm not going to fear snakes anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of the dark anymore. It's, he's specifically referring to having fear in the day of judgment. When we stand before Christ, if we have lived our life without loving the brethren, if we have lived our life saying that we're saved, saying that we believe in God, but we have no love for the brethren, we, we have no desire to be around them, we hate them, uh, we, we want to be angry at them all the time, we should be fearful if that is us. We should be afraid. Uh, because, as John will say later, if you say that you love God, but you hate the brethren, you're a liar. He's, he's very blunt. He says we, we lie, we, we don't do the truth if we, if we say we love God, but we hate the brethren. And so when we have a perfect love, when we love those who are unlovable, when we love the brethren, we, we don't have that fear because we know we have the love of God in our life. We know we have received it and we want to show it, we want to share it, we want to give it, especially to the brethren. So this evening, uh, we can have peace from Christ when we love the brethren. Because we know there is no fear. We, we have no fear of, of standing before God and having to give an account of our sin because we know we've been saved. We know we have God's love in our life. And uh, the love for the brethren is the greatest sign that we have, that we belong to our Father, that we have been saved. Finally, uh, we see that we, can, we have love from Christ. Love from Christ. Look at verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. John makes it clear here that we can have boldness from Christ when we live to reflect him in this world. And we can have peace from Christ when we love the brethren as we ought to. And, and now we, we see that we need to have the right motivation in living for Christ and loving the brethren. Sometimes I think we have the wrong motivation to love the brethren. We have the wrong motivation to live for Christ. A lot of times, if we're not careful, it can, become a, it can be a selfish motivation. It makes me feel good to love the brethren. It makes me feel good to serve God, and it does. But that's not our motivation to serve. As John says here, we love him. We, we love God because he first loved us. In other words, that's the reason why we that's the reason why we reflect Christ in this world. That's the reason why we love the brethren. Because we know God has loved us first. And that, that's, the, that's the ultimate motivation for living for Him. So Jesus said, uh, while He was on the earth, He said in, in John chapter 14 and verse 15, the Bible says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience to God is the way that we show that we love Him. Uh, and a part of obeying him is, is to love the brethren and to live for Christ, to be a reflection of him. But we do it out of a place of love. We don't serve him to earn God's love. We serve him because we have God's love, and we, and we love him because he first loved us. So we need to have the right perspective. Some serve Christ for money. 
some you can look uh, at a lot of these mega churches and ministries where people say they're serving Christ, but it's all for the money, it's all for the fame, it's all for the power, and it's not genuine. They're serving for the love of money. They're not serving out of a love for God. Uh, you, some serve Christ out of a sense of pride. They want all the attention for how great it makes them look to stand in front of others and to proclaim the word of God, but they're not humble. They, they might even write a book about 10 reasons why they're the most humble Christian. Uh, and so they serve out of a sense of pride. It, that is not the right motivation. We don't serve for us. We don't serve Christ to make us look good. Again, we, our motivation for serving Christ and for loving the brethren needs to be that we, we know and we believe that God has loved us first, that we have received his love, and we want to love him in return by showing his love to those around us, especially the brethren. Tonight, if you have the love of Christ, if you have love from Christ, uh, you ought to love from Christ tonight. Did you hear me? If you love, uh, if you have love from Christ, we need to love from Christ. We need to love others from his love that he has shown us and that he has given to us freely. So John makes a big deal about loving the brethren, and we're not done talking about loving the brethren. He still covers it several times in this letter, and so we'll come back to it. But that's the central command of this epistle, is to love one another. And when we love one another, we have no, nothing to fear in judgment. When we are living for Christ, when we're serving Him, when we're faithful to Him, we know that we have rewards awaiting us. We know that as believers, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We have been forgiven. We have been redeemed. And we can have joy looking forward to the time when we get to meet our Savior. And we get to receive rewards from Him for loving the brethren, for living for Him, for serving Him. Tonight, if you want to stand before Christ with confidence, with joy in judgment, we need to make sure that we love the brethren. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for this night that you've given us, and I thank you for your